0: Looking to push tempo here, the Pelicans. Hold that follow through. He That's right. This is what takes you to another level. What the Pell is up? Everybody, this is Believe in the New Orleans Pelicans with your host, Elliot Clough, at Elliot Clough on Twitter. Before you get started, make sure, before we get started, make sure that you subscribe and follow, depending on where you are listening to this podcast, and leave a rate and review if you're on Apple Podcast. Again, that really, really helps us out. Also, tell a friend about the podcast. Now, before we get started today, this one is going to be fairly short and sweet. Free agency starts and it will start in about probably fifteen minutes from when this podcast is posted, so it's gonna be well worth it is what I'm saying. Also, we had a ton of listeners for the Drew Holiday trade and Kyra Lewis being drafted, so I wanna thank you. Um thanks for sharing the pod with your friends and for leaving those rates and reviews. Again, that's getting us a lot of exposure. Uh that that Drew Holiday podcast got our most listens ever within thirty-six hours, so pretty cool. We appreciate it a lot. Now, to get started, free agency, like I said, starts here pretty soon, so things are about to change big time like we did expect this offseason and like SVG David Griffin alluded to in their press conference following Kyrie Lewis being drafted. Now, we talked a lot between when this podcast started and now, about Kenrich Williams, his his great start to the season, and then the complete falling off a cliff and shooting 26% from three and 35% from the free throw line, which that's not going to keep you on a roster in the NBA. But the Pels have officially decided to move on from him and Frank Jackson, which you never love to see anybody lose their job. That's not what we're rooting for here But these two did not receive qualifying offers and will be unrestricted free agents. So those two will hit the market. Frank Jackson and Kenny Hustle no longer being a part of the New Orleans Pelicans. B.I. did receive a qualifying offer. Obviously, he is a restricted free agent, hoping that he will sign that offer starting at 5 p.m., 5.01 p.m. preferably so uh, we'll we'll keep you up to date on that via Twitter as well as on the podcast. We'll be talking about that. If any other people sign within the next few days as well, that'll come on Monday's podcast. Um, but today, any other news, uh, apparently... Somebody thought they saw Goran Dragic looking for houses in New Orleans today, and that's been proven to be false. That didn't happen. It was Benny Udre or whatever that guy's name, Bino Udre, and uh, Swin Cash kind of shut that down immediately. Good for you, Swin. Glad uh, we don't have to deal with that. I wasn't going to get into it too much anyway. I, uh... Don't necessarily see the Pels adding another point guard. I I don't know about you, but I don't see that happening necessarily anytime soon. Although, I'm a big fan of Goran Dragic, and I think he would play a good two in New Orleans. This is me scheming right here, but we won't get into that today. Because Pels have enough guards as is. Looks like they're going to have plenty on their roster going into 2020-2021 unless any moves are made soon in terms of trades. But today, we are not talking about trades. We are talking about free agency as it is looming and about to start here within the hour. So what are the needs for the Pelicans come this free agency period and and eventually in trades as well what is it it's wings and it's big men that's what we've talked about in the draft along with point guards like Kyrie Lewis and like Killian Hayes for a little bit there but he doesn't matter anymore he is uh, not a pelican so we're, we're rolling with Kyra Lewis but today we are talking about those wings and those power forwards that are available in free agency this season so Right now, we'll start with wings, i.e. small forwards. I looked at some shooting guards that I thought could maybe fill a wing position, but what we're looking at here is going to be small forward. So right now... Pels have on their roster Darius Miller, and we're assuming Brandon Ingram here soon. And you can list Josh Hart as a small forward or a shooting guard, depending on what you feel he is. He can play both. Uh, And also, Darius Miller very well may be traded. so who knows what's going to happen with him. But what we're talking about today is who is available, who is gettable, and who is desirable. So we're talking about three players at each position that I think the Pels could get, is on the market and that they would want. And so obviously we're not going to be talking about free agents like I don't know, Frank Mason the 3rd from Milwaukee. Yeah, the Pelicans shouldn't want him and and don't want him nor do they need him. But anywho, we will be talking about these players at the small forward position and power forward and center. So what we're looking at for today at that small forward position is number one on this list. I guess you could put it in no particular order, or you could read into it, whatever you want to do. Mo Harkless, we've talked about him from the jump. He averaged 5.8 points, 3.9 rebounds while shooting 35% from three this last year. So no stats that really pop out at you. He is just a bona fide three and D guy who can play like, 20 to 25 minutes a night, he'll come off your bench, he'll fill a role, and he'll do what you need him to do, but he's not going to need a bunch of shots. He's not a guy who is a veteran and thinks, because I'm a veteran on a young team, I need the ball in my hands. That is not who Mo Harkless is. Given the fact that he played with the Knicks this last year, it looks like he would be willing to play with the younger teams. Like I said, he is a vet, but he is a younger vet at 27 years old. Six, seven, 220 pounds. He's big enough to guard some of these bigger wings that the Pels had so much trouble with last year, but he's also slight enough to be able to move quick enough to keep up with them. He's a guy who, in the absence of Brandon Ingram, can be effective defensively, and like I said, doesn't need a bunch of shots. If you look at his stats on basketballreference.com, his defense did dip a bit last season in terms of defensive rating. That's really pretty much a team stat. So I wouldn't focus in on that too much. I wouldn't read into it too much because he played for the New York Knicks and they suck, not to mince any words. Second player that we're looking at here at the small forward position that is viewed as available, gettable, and desirable. And it might might throw you for a loop a little bit. We actually just talked about this prior to a recording of the Bird Calls podcast. David Grubb hit me with You know who I would like this offseason? Josh Jackson. And I was, it hit me. I was like, wait a minute. What are we talking about here, Grub?" But hear me out. Josh Jackson, while he has underperformed after being a top five pick in the NBA draft, that label has stuck with him for too long. He's young. He's 23. When he played a lot for the Suns, his rookie season, he averaged 13.1 points a steal and 4.6 boards a game. Sophomore season, 11.5 points and 4.4 points a game. So this isn't a guy who has lived up to that top five pick expectation. He just hasn't. And he hasn't necessarily developed super well. I mean, he hasn't blossomed, although... Still not living up to that potential that some of these teams saw coming out of Kansas. This is a guy who wasn't really given a huge chance in Phoenix before he was traded. I mean, two years? You gave the guy two seasons, and he was the number four pick overall, and you traded him. I don't think that's fair. Shipped to Memphis this last season, played only 22 games for the Grizzlies, and I mean... If he can come in and contribute 13 and a half points a game a steal and 4.6 boards, sign me up and not play a ton of minutes or, or at least contribute to the degree of something like that for the New Orleans Pelicans. And you can get him for cheap because of this stigma that has followed him after being a top five pick and not necessarily performing to that degree. I mean, you can get him for five million dollars. Hey, we'll give you a shot. Three and D guy. You'll come off the bench, you'll come behind Brandon Ingram and we'll give you a shot. Here's $5 bucks. go earn it. Do a 1 plus 1, club option. You can do that. It's a very small risk, and at the very least, he'll sit at the end of your bench. I mean, his 3-point percentage isn't great, 32% this last year, but it's a hell of a lot better than 26% from Kenrich Williams. Can tell you that. And on top of that, don't forget, the Pelicans have Fred Vinson, who can fix any jump shot that has ever existed. I think it's worth it. Is he the top choice? I don't think so. He's cheap. He's young. And it's a chance to prove himself. Number three, Derek Jones Jr., another young guy at 23 years old. Jones Jr., known mostly for winning the dunk contest this last season, playing for the Miami Heat, the runner up Miami Heat in the bubble. And given the fact that he is 23 years old, he can continue to grow with this team, but he's been in the league for four seasons. So he has that experience, but he's also young. He can aid in leading some of these younger guys while you know still being young, given the fact that he was just on a championship team. And believe it or not, he's a hell of a lot more than just a dunker. He plays solid defense, and you know without playing solid defense... He wouldn't play at all in Miami because they don't play that shit. They always play guys, and it's I mean, if, if you can play defense, you're gonna you're gonna play for the Miami Heat. And we saw Kendrick Nunn not get a ton of minutes towards the end of the season because he doesn't play great defense. And Derrick Jones Jr. does play solid defense despite his slight frame. And I mean, his minutes per game have progressively gone up and up as he's gotten older. Now, this season playing 23.3 minutes a game. And I mean, it's the same sort of situation with Harkless as it was or as it is with Jones is that he can be effective when he's on the court, but he doesn't need a ton of minutes and he doesn't need a ton of shots. Eight and a half points a game, 3.9 rebounds a game. And he plays defense. Is he the greatest defender in the NBA? No. Is he a little slight? And that might affect his ability to defend some of the bigger guys. Yeah. But he is a good defender. And he can shoot the ball. And he'd be fun as hell to watch him transition again. With Zion, who's already a fantastic dunker. Derek Jones Jr., number three. Other two here that I have listed, but I don't view as attainable for the Pelicans. They are available, but whether or not they are gettable and they're definitely desirable as well. Whether or not they're gettable is, is one thing, and it's Jeremy Grant and Jay Crowder, and we've talked about them a lot. Uh, Jeremy Grant did just decline his player option of $9 million for the Denver Nuggets and played really well in the bubble and was exactly what they needed against the Lakers, so I'd be pretty freaking shocked if they let him walk. Then you look at Jay Crowder, who's been in the league for a hot minute. He is a bit older and, and probably wants to compete for a championship is what I've been told. I mean, he'd be a solid addition to the defense and played really well on the defensive end of the floor in the bubble, and he can shoot three. So if the Pels are able to walk away and somehow get get Jeremy Grant or Jay Crowder, sign me up. Do I see it as a possibility? A very small one. But those three that, again, I listed as gettable, available, and desirable, Josh Jackson, Mo Harkless, and Derek Jones Jr. at the wing position in free agency this off season. Now, we've talked about bigs kind of generally, but we'll break it up into positions here on today's podcast. So first being, we have to address the fact the Pelicans do have one power forward on the roster, and that is Nicolo Melli. Now, who's available, gettable, and desirable? There's a few, and there's a few centers as well. But the top three that I have from this list are Wenyan Gabriel, believe it or not. He's not a guy who's going to get a ton of minutes, but played extremely, extremely well for the Blazers in the bubble this season. He's incredible on defense for, for his youth. He is an energy guy. When well, you poach him from the Blazers, which is great, and you can't have enough energy guys in the NBA. He's another guy who will provide urgency, much like Josh Hart does, and you love to see that. Like I said, he didn't get a ton of minutes this season until the bubble came around. So you're running the risk of that. Hasn't had a lot of experience in the NBA, but is 23 years old. Also, a a factor that you like is the fact that he went to Kentucky, played under John Calipari for four years. So learned a lot from from Coach Calipari. So there's a lot of benefits from winning Gabriel. I'm not going to read you his stats because they're not anything fantastic, Like I said, didn't get a ton of minutes until the bubble, but really earned those minutes and played damn good basketball. Blazers were absolutely exhausted come the end of their time in the bubble, and Gabriel was a part of that company. But on a team that didn't show a lot of urgency this last season, I think that's going to change because of Stan Van Gundy, but on a team that didn't show a lot of urgency collectively last season, Wenyan Gabriel is going to come in and play 110%. Every single possession, whether he plays 10 minutes, whether he plays 20 minutes, whether he plays 25 minutes, that'll be the cap at any point in time. He's not going to get you a ton of points. He's not going to sh- show up on your highlight reel, but he's going to do the little things that need to get done. As our friend of the show, Antonio Daniels says, working hard is a skill. Show, of en- show a sense of urgency is a skill. Wendy and Gabriel has that skill. Number two, Jamichael Green, a serviceable serviceable big who can get you quality minutes off the bench at the four. Much like our third option here, I'm going to just kind of put these two guys together. Harry Giles is another guy who does a lot of the things that Jamichael does, although Jamichael might be better. These are two guys who can protect the rim, who can shoot the mid-range shot, be a good guy for your locker room. And for Jamichael, he's 30. He's got that veteran leadership. He's been in the league for six years. He's been with the big boys in the Clippers this last season, although they didn't quite live up to expectations. But Jamichael would see an increased role with the Pelicans, and he'd be excellent, an excellent addition to the locker room. Again, veteran leadership, and you can never have enough veteran leadership in the NBA. And and back to Giles, a little bit more specificity on him is he is another Duke guy. That's a bond that doesn't really have any other equivalents throughout the NBA. Duke guys and guys who come out of Durham and who have played for Coach K know what it's like to play for Coach K and they know it's different than anywhere else in the world. You add him to the roster with Zion Williamson, JJ Reddick, and maybe Jaleel Okafor comes back, but I, I think that's just another little tidbit of, of good. A little another little tidbit of Uni- unification in the locker room for the pelicans you can never you can never disregard that that's a really good thing and I mean both of these guys green and Giles they're gonna come off the bench and green could very well start if you want a bona fide four and and, and Zion was start at the fight I don't know I don't know how that would work but he could do that somebody's hurt or something like that too. Giles is a guy who's going to come off your bench. Averaged seven points and four boards in 14 minutes a game last season. He's not going to make mistakes. He's going to protect the rim. He's going to get boards. And he's going to get easy buckets when he's open. So you like Giles for that reason. Other players that I see here being available are Marcus and Markeith Morris, Frank Kaminsky, and Dario Saric. Issue with these guys. Kaminsky is a little bit older. Isn't the most athletic guy in the world he's definitely a, a, a got a good jump shot and uh, so he could he could be added to the roster and I wouldn't be upset Dario Saric not the greatest defender in the world but a great spacer at the four he's just a better melee, in my mind's eye and then you look at Marcus and Markeef Morris what I've heard is that they are toxic are negative for locker rooms and you don't want that in a young franchise and they may very well not be great leaders even though they've been in the league for a long time and have a little bit of bulldog in them so those are my top three guys at the four position Wenyan gabriel jemichael green and harry Giles. although although they might not be huge impact guys those are guys who are gonna come in and do what you need them to do at the four position for the pelicans now looking at center Pels currently have Jackson Hayes on their roster for sure. We're not seeing anything about Derek Favors quite yet or Jaleel Okafor, whether or not they will be returning in 2020. Now, my top three guys here, number one, Nerlens Noel is a young rim-protecting big who you don't have to play a ton, and he'll still be effective when he's on the floor, much like those 3 and D guys we mentioned before. Noel played with OKC this last season with young guys and still went to the playoffs and he knows what it takes to get to the playoffs with the young guys. Averaged seven points and five boards and eight, 18 minutes a game last season. Not as physical as I'd like him to be. I'd like the boards, amount of boards to go up even with the limited minutes. But based on those stats, that's what I'm that's what I'm seeing. If he comes in and surprises me and is a little bit more physical than the average center, sign me up. I think Noel, Noel is another guy who was picked pretty high, but never really lived up to the expectation, but he's a very serviceable center. He will protect the rim. He will get rebounds and, and he'll do a lot for you when you need him to. He's another big who can't necessarily shoot, but like I said, like I've said before, you know, bigs who can shoot don't, still don't come around a dime a dozen in the NBA. even though they're continuing to become more prevalent, they're still not necessarily the most prevalent thing in the world, and you could, you got to take what you can get, and Noel would be a guy who you can get and would be awesome to have on the roster. You look at the second guy, and it's going to be Tristan Thompson. For me, he is a 29-year-old coming out of Cleveland, has been in Cleveland for his whole career. He's a guy who's already got his bag. He's played with LeBron and been to championships, and he's, they won one. He's going to get you boards, and he is going to protect the rim night in and night out. And he'll do it at an efficient rate. And on the offensive end, <clears throat> he is a walking double-double. Average 12-10 and 10 this last season and 11-10 and this season before that. Well, Thompson is a little bit older and, again, a guy who doesn't necessarily shoot very well. I think what he brings to the team outweighs the things that he can't do. So we've been talking about Thompson for a while. I've seen him on the herd with Colin Coward. I think he's well-spoken. I think he's articulate. And you add him to a roster that's young, that hasn't been to championships. And I think he and J.J. Redick would be good friends. And I think he'd be excellent to the locker room and excellent voice in the locker room of, hey, I've been to a championship. Hey, I've played with LeBron James. I know what he would do here. And I think Thompson would be that guy and he'd be really good at it. Lastly, at the center position is kind of a unique one. If you're looking for a spacing big, this is going to be it. And it's going to be Myers Leonard. This is this is the guy. If, if you want a spacing five that can play alongside Zion, it's Myers Leonard. And he's been in heat culture. He's been to an NBA championship. He's only 28, too. And we saw him immersed in what heat culture was this season. He was another guy who was at the gym at 3 a.m. with Jimmy Butler and loves to win, knows what it takes to win now with the heat. And on a team that didn't necessarily have the most talent in the world, they just put a ton of work in, learned a lot from Eric Spolstra, And Myers Leonard is a guy who appears to me one that wants to soak all that up and then distribute that knowledge to other guys. And I think not only given the fact that he is a basketball nut and and loves to put the work in and loves to work hard, but he's also an energy guy and the Pels could so use that. I would love to have another guy like that on this roster. In his time with the Blazers, Myers Leonard was a key guy for them in the playoffs He would come off the bench and be a spark plug, and that never hurts. Also, on top of that, with his shooting percentage, like I mentioned, him being a spacing five, shot 81% from the free throw line. That's a massive upgrade from Derek Favors, and shot 41% from three last year. That is phenomenal. That is phenomenal. He is not the greatest defensively, though. It's pick your poison here. Do you want a big who can't shoot, or do you want a big who isn't as great on defense? So... You're getting two guys who are going to protect the rim really well. Myers Leonard, who will do his best at protecting the rim and also going to shoot well from from deep. And I think he learned a lot about defense in Miami, and he'll continue to grow there as he's 28 and comes to a place. If he comes to New Orleans, he'll learn from SVG there too, and SVG will make him a better defender. Other guys, honestly, this class, this free agency class, is kind of loaded with centers, so the Pels could come away with – any of these guys and really have gotten better. So Tristan Thompson, Myers Leonard, and Nerlens Noel, like I mentioned. But then there's Willie Colley Stein, there's Jakob Poltol, whatever his name is, however you pronounce that. Alex Len, and then of course Aaron Baines, who's already been linked to the Pelicans. One issue with Baines is that injury history. He's a little bit older, but he is a spacing five and can protect the rim too. So Lots of names out there in free agency as it's about to start in about half an hour. So I'm going to close this one up and get this up so you can listen to it before it all starts. But Pelicans fans, thanks so much for tuning in today. If you haven't listened to the Kyra Lewis pod or the Drew Holiday pod, make sure you go back and do that. Go follow at Elliot Clough on Twitter. You're going to be getting all the Pelicans content over there then go check out believe.com and the bird rights. And before you go, make sure you subscribe and or follow, depending on where you're listening to the podcast. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, you leave a rate and review that really, really helps us out folks. I am Elliot Clough. And this was believe in the new Orleans Pelicans. Catch those springtime vibes all over Arizona.